Lord Most High. Thank you, O oh Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we thank you. And we bless you and honor you. Now lift up your hands and ask the Lord to tenderize your heart this morning based on the information that will be shared. Thank you, O oh Lord God. Bless and honor your holy name. I don't know if I need to switch to a different mic or so. Just hand me one. Father, we bless your holy name. Lift up your holy hands. Ask God for grace. Ask him for revelation and understanding. Ask him to give you spiritual anesthesia for your emotions this morning. Ask him to give you a heart of understanding. Thank you, O oh Lord God. Come on, open up your mouth. Oh, as they say, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. Open up your mouth and give God thanks. Pray, ask him to soften your heart. Ask him to help you. Ask him for grace and power. Thank you, O oh Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. We bless and honor your holy name, O oh Lord God. Come on, worship him and honor him and magnify his holy and majestic name. Thank you, O oh Lord God. Bible says to worship him in spirit and in truth. The Father looks for such to worship him that way. Magnify him and bless his holy and majestic name. Thank you for this hour of prayer. Now we express our gratitude unto you, O Father God, that everything that we have prayed, we have received in the name of Jesus. Everything the Holy Ghost has prayed through us is done in the name of Jesus. Thank you, O Lord God. Help us to be a committed people. Help us to not take advantage. Thank you, O Lord God. Thank you. We honor you and bless you, O Lord God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, O Father. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, O Lord God, for this time of prayer, this time of supplication, this time of giving of thanks. Thank you, O Lord God, that your will is done. We thank you for this last week of fasting, O oh Lord God. As we enter into the last week, we thank you for the past two weeks. We thank you for all of the things that have already happened, all of the testimonies, all of the change, O oh Lord God, all of the divine disruption that you brought so that things can be dealt with in order for us to truly be healed and to move forward. Thank you, O oh Lord God, for what you are doing. We bless and honor your holy name for it, O oh God thank you for it. Lift up your hands one more time. Bible says when you lift up your hands, you give the Lord an offering. So give him a morning offering by the lifting up of your hands this morning. Father, we thank you. We bless you and we honor you, O Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 All in agreement with that prayer said, amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Good morning, Lionheart Church. Go ahead and give someone a high five or a hug, and you may be seated. James, I'll put this, I'll go on the floor. house lights for me. 
Thank you, Jesus. How many of y'all glad we instituted the hour of prayer, man? I'm so it makes you it makes you come into the temple different. It just really, really does. So the Lord, it was great wisdom. I'm glad I did that. It was a tad bit difficult on my emotions, but but I'm glad that I pulled. Sometimes you have to uh, pull the plug on everything and then say, Lord, I'm not instituting nothing until you show me what to do. And so, uh, you know, and that can be a little bit difficult when you're used to just doing things the same way over and over and over again. And so, uh, so I'm glad that we did that. And so, uh, um, and, and so as, as, as he keeps adding, and that's even when it comes to the midweek service, I know we did midweek service for 12 years. And I'm not bringing it back until the Lord shows me exactly what to do. I'm not, you have to just, the Bible says, the wait on the Lord, you know. I'm just very, very grateful for having a, uh, a great spiritual father because the lessons that I learned from him, you know, about waiting and how, you know, they have this sanctuary, you know, technically it can hold 170,000 people and, uh, and how they could easily, this is a $400 million building that they could build, they could easily build that thing 20 times without blinking cash and how he went to the Lord, said, Lord, we have the money to build this building like you buy a loaf of bread. And he said, we have the plans and the blueprints. And, you know, some of you heard this before, but it's always worth repeating. You know, the, longer you're, the longer you're around, you got to hear the same stories over and over again. Because you're here, but the new people are like, oh, that was wonderful. So you got to do all the spirit and share that story again. It might be for one individual, you know, but, um, but it's good to hear these things. So he went to the Lord and said, you know, we, Got it. You know, it's called the tabernacle. You know, what say ye? It's out of King's talk. And the Lord didn't say anything. He went back a second time. Lord, you know, we can do this easily. But how many know that's wisdom right there? It's wis see, see, um, what most people do is they're broke and they're asking God, can they do something? It's a different mentality when you can do it flawlessly a hundred times without blinking, but you still wait and check in because you recognize this out of your ministry. That was great wisdom. So he went, and then he said, third time, the Lord said, don't say nothing else to me about that building. <laughs> now, mind you, this is a 50,000, they got a 50,000-seat sanctuary with 52,000-seats overflow. So it's 100,000, a minimum of about 110,000 people, because we're not talking about the children's church, because the children's church itself, I think, holds 3,000 people. So you're talking about a minimum of about 110,000 people per service, and you're having five services. And you're out of room. And the Lord tells you, don't say anything to me about that building, even though you can build it because you need more room. And so this lets you know that you can never use the physical to determine where how the Lord is going to direct you. You know, he'll, you, you think you should wait, he tells you to go. You think you should go, he tells you to wait. But the Lord said, don't say nothing else to me about that building. Three years pass. Three. You already got a problem. It's not your problem, it's my problem. And so, and then finally the Lord said, okay, you can build the building. He said, but did not I tell you that when it came to building things, that I would always meet with you in this particular spot. And here you go, moving my sanctuary down the block. He said, tear down those buildings that you put behind the sanctuary. It was a whole school. They had to rel look, rel rel relocate a whole school. He said, tear down those buildings you put behind the school. And he said, put the sanctuary behind the 50,000 sanctuary. He said, had you gone down the street, I would have not gone with you. And then when he said yes, the Lord opened up his eyes and showed him the problems he would have if he would have gone down the street. 
And then he said, by the way, get rid of that little name that you came up with called the tabernacle. Call it the ark. From that sanctuary, I will use it to save mankind. So, you know, so that's where I am. I learned that from him. Never assume, you know. You have to be very careful with doing things that everyone else does. Nothing wrong with a midweek service. And don't dare anybody say that I think that somebody is wrong if they do it. The problem is, is that you have to be very careful when you institute things that are not quite in the scripture and you just keep on doing it without checking in with God. Should we change this? You know, and so that just blew me away when the Holy Spirit had me do that. Call it the hour of prayer. Jesus said, could you not pray with me for an hour? And the Bible says in Acts, it says they did not go to the temple at the hour of praise and worship, at the hour of tithes and offerings, at the hours of the roller skating parties. It says they went to the temple at the hour of what? So that is something that probably will be established forever at this church is getting more and more scriptural in order to get scriptural results. Y'all got me? And so, uh, so if you're here or you're online and you don't pray that way, I encourage you to go to um, send an email, put this up on the screen, an email to Holy Spirit at Lionheartchurch. Thank you. We got so many emails now, I can't even keep up. Holy Spirit at Lionheartchurch.org. We're actually doing another call tonight for people that want to receive the gift of praying in other tongues, whether you're here locally or you're online. If you send the email today, we'll get you down today and we'll get you in the class today. Last weekend, we did four separate sessions. I don't mean we're like four different people. I'm talking about we had four different classes in the same weekend with a bunch of people in it. And so that's an amazing thing to see what the Lord is doing through us. And then also, I'm starting a, a four-day spiritual growth class. Most of you have already taken it. <clears throat> um, I'm starting a four-day spiritual growth class. So if you're new here and you have not taken the spiritual growth class yet, send an email to spiritualgrowth at lionheartchurch.org, whether you're here or online. I'll sign you up for the class. It will be on Zoom at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So the Holy Spirit class will be tonight on Zoom, and then the spiritual growth class for the next four days starting tomorrow will be on Zoom. So, so just take a picture of those, and then we'll go from there. So, all right, let me add this, that um, this is, uh, let me just read this scripture first so we can jump into this. You know, we have one more week of fasting, and, um, and then, uh, and then the, it's, it's funny how, how you can start something, and the Holy Spirit will say, do this. And then when you do it, he'll say, continue it. And so it looks like the whole month is going to be about consecration now. And so, um, and that's very, very important. Psalm 119, 136 says, rivers of tears gush from my eyes because people disobey your instructions. It's a strong scripture. Why do rivers of tears gush from his eyes based on what other people are doing? Because he knows that they're going to reap what they sow and he knows the end of that if they don't correct it. And that, for me, I didn't have, for me, I didn't have tears of, 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 of rivers. I was just starting to get frustrated and angry with trying to keep, just, I, you know, I'm like, we can't win the war because the people who know better just keep on sinning. So we had to spend all of our time trying to get people to do right before we move forward. And that was just frustrating me. I mean, I was to the point where I like, Lord, I think about ready to just let these people go to hell because this, 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 I mean, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating. It's just frustrating. You know, I expect the new people to have to struggle. And y'all, you, know, you know what Paul said? He said, it's about, he said, we still feeding y'all with milk. He said, y'all should have been on meat, but we can't. We got to keep on doing this foundational stuff because you keep going around the same. And how many of you know the children of Israel never got to their prosperity? An 11-day journey, 
that took 40 years and they never entered in because they wouldn't stop sinning. <clears throat> and so, so we're talking about consecration, but let me just brace you and warn you right now. This will probably be one of the most difficult, emotional, and horrific teachings that you will ever experience. Um, Jesus talked about hell more than he talked about heaven. Talked about hell quite a bit. It is the one subject that is off the table for a lot of guys. And then some of the other guys, they keep it on the table, fire and brimstone. They send you to hell every single week, don't they? They just, can any of us go to heaven? <laughs> you, know, you, you want to hear this joke? It was a lady that got on the prayer call. She's a new lady. She just joined the church this past Sunday. So she got on the prayer call at 5.30 a.m. She says, they said we can get on here a little bit early. So she got on there. She's already, she already has a gift of tongues. So she got on there. She, she prayed 5.30. She stayed on there. And then she got off. And then she, uh, she decided to jump back on at 8.30. And she told me, she said, do y'all ever stop praying? <laughs> she just couldn't believe that people were on there for three, four, five hours like that. I was like, yeah, that's, that's how it is. So, hey. But, um, but, uh. I, un no, I can't say it that way. How do I say that? How do I say that? Give me a moment. Your carnal and ignorant way of thinking as a leader will justify why you don't want to teach on hell. And, uh, and someone else would understand. It's one individual that doesn't, Jesus. His thing is, if I taught on it, why won't you say anything? And most people, one of the things that the Holy Spirit brought to my attention is most people have no idea what hell is like, which is why so many are so casual fooling around and playing with sin. You know, it's folks funny that in life you have to be very careful. How many know that when you, when I, my first job was at Burger King, and because I was not careful, one of y'all came through the drive-thru and asked for a sandwich cut in half. When I cut it in half, I also cut my finger in half. Okay, you know why? Did I mean to do that? No, I was a little too casual with that knife. How many, be honest, <laughs> how many of you, you were driving down the street and you should not be texting, and you did, and almost lost your life? Okay. I dare say that many of us were protected by the angel of the Lord on that. Now, I shouldn't do it, but I get away with it a little bit because my, well, one of my vehicles has autopilot, but only for about 30 seconds. And um, it'll keep me in the lane. And so sometimes I'll, I'll make sure it's there, and then I'll look at my phone a little bit. A couple of times that thing seemed like it didn't work, though. I said, I need to pay attention. <laughs> and if I take, and after about 30 seconds, it'll say, beep, beep, put your hand back on the steering wheel. I'm not a robot. Hey, but, but if you're not careful, you can easily crash. You can easily run into someone. We understand that with natural things. You can easily put the wrong thing in the microphone, like microwave, like aluminum. You know, but unfortunately, even though the scripture says you must be extremely careful with your life, people are not doing that. They're being casual with their life. And the Bible says, be very careful. You know what Paul said? He said, it is through much. He said, if the righteous barely get into heaven, what hope is there for the sinner? See, so, so there's this, like this, this mentality out here that you can just kind of casually get into that place. And, 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 and I'm like, well, there's a difference between what y'all are saying 
versus what Jesus said. Jesus said, did, did not Jesus say that road is extremely narrow? He said There's, it's extremely narrow. And he said few even find the narrow road, let alone travel down it. You understand what I'm saying? You know, and then, hey, you know, when it comes to that tongues call, if y'all have teenagers in here that don't pray in spirit, put them on the call, too, because they, they, they receive quicker than the adults because, uh, because they haven't been religiousized. I got to come up with the right word. You know what I'm saying? It's a terrible word, but you know what I mean. And so, uh, and then the little five, six-year-old kids, they're, they're speaking tongues before you're done with the prayer. They're like, is this it? Because they haven't been programmed. They're like, tell the kid, God has a special language for you? Really? See, it's so funny. You go to kid's school, and you interview the kids in kindergarten. And what do you want to be? They have bright minds. They believe that they can, they can believe they can build a rocket ship and go travel in the universe. They believe that they can be a basketball star. They can be a doctor and a nurse at the same time. They believe all of these different type of things because they haven't been corrupted by the parents yet. Follow one 18, man, I'm just trying to get a GED, dog. I'm just trying to. It's, it's society sucks the dreams out of you. It sucks the life out of you. It programs you to think. And, and basically, planet Earth programs you to be a slave in all areas. Just do. Make sure that you color within the lines. And if you decide to enlarge the circle or color out the lines or put bunny rabbit ears on the circle, you are out of order. It's crazy, isn't it? And then the ones who break out the circle, they're the ones that may seem strange. Like, we don't know what we're doing. But anyway... So I encourage you to put them on the call, too. But again, so I want to go over some things um, to help you understand the purpose of consecration. It's not just because God doesn't want you to have fun. You don't know what real fun is. But it's for the purpose of that Jesus said that road is very narrow. Now, if you are the one with deeper life, the road to salvation and getting into heaven is very narrow. And within that narrow road, there is another road that is more narrow for unusual depth. That road, you have to be consecrated and you have to sacrifice. You, there are things you have to do in order to tap into powers. Okay? But we'll teach on that another day. Romans eleven twenty two. Notice how God is both kind and severe. Everybody, God is good. God is good. God is good. Won't he do it? God is good. Mm-hmm, he is. But there's another side of him that offends people. There's another side of God that I myself am uncomfortable with. There's a side of God that I personally do not like. I don't have to deal with that side, thank God. But there is another side of God that makes even me uncomfortable. The whole subject of hell and all of these different type of things it just makes me uncomfortable. I trust God, but it just makes me uncomfortable. And one of the reasons why I'm so uncomfortable is because of my lack of understanding. The Bible makes it clear that we see everything through a glass dimly. It said, even when you prophesy, it's not the full thing, it's just in part. It says, but then you will know even as you are known. God has promised us on the other side that when we get there, when we understand the scope of everything and all of the spiritual laws and all of the other things, you will be satisfied and say, surely God is a God of justice and mercy, love and grace. So you have to trust him until then because there are a lot of people, you know, there are people that you teach on hell, they'll leave the church offended. Like God is sitting up on the throne crying. But people crack me up leaving for God. He didn't heal my grandmama. So you're going to leave God? So you can always tell when people don't have a relationship with God because the moment something goes wrong in their life, they check out on them. You don't see them. 
they gone back into the world like God is somehow going to fall off the throne because you left. I love this favorite scripture, and I love to say it a little ghetto. Remember that scripture? God says, if I was hungry and in need, I wouldn't ask you nothing. So don't, you know, so if you decide to leave God, yeah, he's good. You're the one that's going down. <laughs> he did exist before he created us. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, and remember, you are not allowed to make God be what you want him to be. You are only allowed to accept him based on who he is and what he said. Simple. Follow that rule or die. Follow that rule or die. And the world is trying to make God be what they want him to be so that they can be uncomfortable in what he told them not to be. It's crazy, isn't it? Romans 2, 5 through 8. But because you are stubborn and refuse to turn from your sin, you are storing up terrible punishment for yourself. For a day of anger is coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will judge everyone according to what they have done. He will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good, seeking after the glory and honor and immortality that God offers. You're supposed to seek the kingdom of God as a lifestyle. But he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth and instead live lives of wickedness. I have to be totally honest with you. Um, it just kind of saddens me. There's nothing wrong with some of the things that we enjoy in life. But it's sad that the human race doesn't realize that they, they only, you only exist for one reason. One reason only. The only reason why you exist in planet Earth is to prepare for eternity. There's no other reason you exist. You're not down here to have a business. You're not down here to play sports. You're not down here to do all of these different things. All those things are fine and dandy, but you exist for one reason, to prepare for forever. And, I'm, and, and granted, there's nothing, it's nothing wrong with sports, but I'm, I'm amazed how when I go to the barber shop and all of those guys in there, they know, they know the stat of every man. I'm like, dude, if you knew your wife like this, you might have a better... You know, you, you know all of the stats of every man, where he lives, what his average is for the month and for the year and what last three teams he used to be a part of. And, and, and I don't have a problem with that. But, but that's called sometimes wasting your life. Because what is your favorite football team going to mean when you stand before God? And now your eternity is based on what you did for him. And now we got to look at the record and you wasted all of this time with stupid stuff. You know, this, this uh, Chinese kid, they just paid this boy $700, 700, $700 million for, for baseball to be a pitcher for 10 years. I was like, man, I want to be Chinese too. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, I'm just crazy like that. I'm just like... What? Y'all gonna pay this boy? And then the second Chinese kid, they paid him $300 million. See, why are they telling you that they don't have money for the homeless and crime and schools and no money to pay the teachers? We're gonna keep the teachers low with a guy that can hit a ball. I'm, 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 I'm actually infatuated with the deception that comes from acting like somebody running up and down a court with a ball is somehow greater than your eternity in heaven. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. You know, I'm into certain things. I'm into car racing, but 
You know, I don't watch it all day, every day. I mean, the shooting, because I mean, you can't shoot all day and every day. You know, they mess with your mind. I went, one too, I went too far at the gun range one time, and I went through three machine guns and three pistols, like boom, 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 click, click, boom, 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 click, click. After that, I didn't feel right, so I said, I think I better. <laughs> I was in this setting at all. Folks car watching, they say, you all right, man? I was like, yeah. It's like, what are you preparing for? <laughs> one time I went in there with a suit on. They thought I was getting ready to rob a bank. I was in there with a full-blown suit. Pop, 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 pop. They're like, he preparing for something, y'all. Watch Fox News tonight. We're going to see him. I was, I'm just, I'll just, at any moment, I'll just jump up and do whatever it is that I want to do. So I'm not saying it's the wrong thing wrong with sports. We got the Super Bowl come up. You know, I'll probably watch it just for the commercials. I don't find out who's playing in the Super Bowl until the day of the Super Bowl. I'm just not into football like that. I'll watch it, but I'm just saying, you, you understand what I'm saying? You have to put things in proper perspective and focus where we are, we, we, we're wasting our lives and then don't even know what the standard in Scripture is. You're supposed to prepare for something, and like I keep saying, eternity is a long time to think about what you should have done. And it can be difficult sometimes. I mean, sometimes fleshly things just have a pull on you. They just have a pull. You try to pray, you get to thinking about watching a favorite movie, you know, and, and you get to thinking about reading, you get to thinking about I mean, just all of those things. You got to be very, very careful with that. Hey, anyway, got off a little track, but that's okay. <clears throat> so, so we're going, I'm going to just roll through most of these scriptures. This is very graphic stuff. Um, it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me doubly uncomfortable because I have to teach it. But most people don't know just how horrific hell is. Earth is middle ground. Earth is middle ground. Heaven is extreme prosperity, joy, and opulence. And hell is extreme depression, horror, and just whatever vileness and so it was very interesting to see just how the level of depth that God can go either way. Okay? And so let's just read through these so you can have an understanding about why God is telling you to be careful. I don't need to slip up by mistake like I cut my hand and end up in that place. And I have to be totally honest with you. Every time I study that, man, I get to thinking, man, my, my eyes will roll around. That's me trying to search my heart, you know, all of my other parts, you know, my voice box, my... Everything, I get to thinking like, Lord, is there anything? And I get to just repenting, Lord, I just want to make sure I'm accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I know I'm a pastor, but does not mean I'm right. So I'm just plead the blood of Jesus over sins. Unknown. I'm like, I'm searching my heart every day. I'm not trying to, mm -mm. Revelation 21. There are two types of people in hell. Here's the first group, Revelation 21. He who is victorious shall inherit all these things. And I will be a God to him, and he shall be my son. But as for the cowards, those who are afraid to serve God, and the ignoble, and the contemptible, and the cravingly lacking in courage, and the cowardly submissive, that means you were too afraid to deal with the heat that comes from being a Christian, so you submit to the worldly way instead, because you're a coward. <clears throat> and as for the unbelieving, and faithless, and as for the depraved and defiled with abominations, and as for murderers and the lewd and adulterous and the, uh, and the practicers of magic arts, 
it's witchcraft. And the idolaters, those who give supreme devotion to anyone or anything other than God. And all liars, those who knowingly convey untruth by word or deed. All of these shall have their part in the lake that blazes with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. Okay, so that, that is a hint. I'm going to kind of build the own library to just kind of give you, and watch this, and everything that I share with you this morning is the super light version. No one can draw and no one can articulate how horrific that place is. No different than no one can draw and articulate how extremely wonderful heaven is. Y'all got me? Okay. So there are two types of death. Number one talks about, so you know that in that place there is a lake and it blazes with fire and brimstone. There are two types of death. First death is very simple. Your body stops working. By spiritual law, when your heart stops, your spirit must come out the body. That is a spiritual law. Most people don't. Yeah, you know, it's so funny how these doctors are all talking all of this yin-yang. These fools can't even figure out why your heart beats on its own, even though it's a muscle. Your heart is connected to something spiritual that cannot be seen. Okay, so physical death is heart stops, okay, body stops working because your body is the most technologically advanced machine in planet Earth. A computer is not even, AI, none of it is even close to the human body, okay? And so your body stops working, boom. Spiritual death is different. Spiritual death means that you are separated from God. And since you are separated from him, you are also separated from everything that he created that is good and has life. Very important. So that's what it means by, it's nothing, you know, here's the thing. It's, it's nothing worse than dying a violent death and then got to have a violent eternity. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and perform many miracles in your name. That's a very dangerous scripture. You used to scare, every, scare everyone. You have to read the last sentence. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws or you who live in sin. Now, like I might have mentioned last week, and I know I did at the Sunday location, what's dangerous about this scripture is that um, it's obvious that now you can, remember I told you it's possible to be in ministry and God does not know. Now, these are people who will be able to walk up to Jesus and say, why aren't you letting us in? We did miracles in your name. We casted out demons, and we even prophesied. And then the man does not say, oh, yeah, I know that, but you were living in sin. He says, I don't know you. That's beyond crazy. Which proves to you also, then, that <laughs> if he said, I do not know you, that means that when they were casting out demons, when they were prophesying, and when they were doing, doing miracles, the voice that they heard was not Jesus. Because if I don't know you, that means I never said nothing to you. Are y'all following me? <clears throat> so, and this is a deeper moment. I hope I don't lose you. So, Holy Spirit said something to me that was very, very powerful. He said, men are always imitating God. That is the reason why we keep on creating. I mean, no, we just create, we just create, we just create, we just create. So men are doing things very similar to God. So the Holy Spirit said something to me that was so powerful. He said, what the human race calls artificial intelligence, he said, your father calls gift. The, 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 the prophetic gifts that can turn on, okay, that's actually God's form of AI. 
your, I've always been mystified by the gift and how that thing can turn on and read a person's future because it's a form of artificial intelligence. It operates on its own. That's why the Bible says turn on the gift by prayer. The same way you can turn on artificial intelligence. See, these are mechanisms that can operate on their own, ah, separate from God. And so what happens is, is that that gift will kick on. That gift will kick on. See, my pastoral gift is on right now, but some of the things that I'm saying is not the Holy Spirit. It's the gift. And these people were gifted. They were that, The gift, these giftings, prophetic giftings, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, all of those things, they're very mysterious because they operate on their own. That's why witches use them. That's why the Bible says the gifts are without repentance. It's an, I, I hope I'm not losing you, but these giftings that God gives, it's a form. Ooh, they're going to tear me apart on social media. They're going to drain me down to the ground. It does not matter. These gifts are like a form of artificial intelligence that they kind of operate on their own. And that's why the Bible says you can turn them on. It didn't say the Holy Spirit would. It says you can turn it on. It said it'll operate even if you don't repent from sin because it's a special intelligence built on the inside of you for power and witches can tap into it to a certain degree. There's a difference between the gift and the voice. You understand what I'm saying? And so that gift can still turn on while you're living in sin, but the Holy Spirit won't speak to you if you live in that way. See the difference? And so, so people are deceived and, and the masses are deceived right now by gifted people. People who can read you, they can tell you what is going to happen in the future, all of those different type of things. And people love that stuff. There are some people, they will never submit to a local church. They will only run around the planet looking for a prophecy. Prophecy after prophecy, probably, like I told somebody, hey, man, sooner or later, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get tired of us slapping our hands on each other, telling us what's going to happen next week. It's a whole lot, you know what I'm saying? But that gift, it'll deceive you. And then once you are deceived by the gift, because it operates on its own level of intelligence, then when you won't submit to the word, then Satan comes to assist you with the gift. And now the voice shows up, and, and because the voice was something good, you can't recognize that it was a devil. And the only way for you to expose that, I have to take people back to the word. And usually they don't want to go to the word, because the gift is very, very, it's like a drug. It's like a drug. It can really become a drug because that thing will turn on and 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 now I'm able to tell you, 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 and that can become a drug where you like you like that the feel of me being used to expose secrets and and it becomes a movie star. I'm just letting you know how people are falling. Y'all with me? Matthew 2540. I'm always preaching on like 29 different fronts at the same time. Matthew 25, 40. The king will say, I tell you, I just shared this example, but I'm going to share it again. Show you how you can be deceived by gift from the dark side. Lady got saved, scheduled her baptism. She wasn't renewed in her mind yet. Went and saw Psyche, and Psyche said, I see gift. I see, I see, uh, I see uh, water in your future. And whatever you do, you need to avoid this water. The only thing the girl could remember is that she had a water baptism scheduled, so she canceled the water baptism. See, all, all the gift does is reveal the future. It does not tell you the truth. And people are really excited about the future, okay? But there's a difference. Oh, God, I can't believe. There's a difference between the gift telling you the future versus the Holy Ghost telling you the future. 
When the gift tells you the future, you get excited. When the Holy Ghost tells you the future, you might pause. Are you sure you want me to do that? Yeah, I want you to do that. The Bible says there are many different type of voices. You have the word of God. That's one voice. You have the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's another voice. You have the voice of angels. There are, t- there are things that have popped into your mind, and it was actually an angel. The Bible makes it clear that angels speak unto people. Then you have the voice of Satan, or I should say unclean spirits. Then you have the voice of your own spirit just coming up and just thinking up stuff that you think is a good idea. Next thing you know, you're in jail. And sometimes, y'all, you know how you shake that snow globe? And you can't really see clearly, sometimes you just need to wait a certain amount of time. Let things settle so that you can see clearly. That's what I'm doing. When I pulled back all of this stuff with the church, I'm going to just wait. And as things are settling, now I'm able to see clear. That was a word for somebody. Matthew 25, 40. The king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. You might want to be careful how you treat people. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. So that's another hint. That place was never created for men. It is a place that was literally prepared for Satan and his angels. And I was just like, you know, we've had uh, one of the most, you know, we've had demons when we cast out demons give strange requests. One of the strangest requests happened right here. And and I'll never forget this. The demon said, we know that your heavenly father answers all of your prayers. So because of that, would you please ask your heavenly father to forgive me for what I did? And maybe he might listen to you. That blew me away. Demon asking me. He knows that our father will answer all of our prayers. So he's hoping... They're still trying to figure out a way. Is there a way out of this final, this final jail sentence? Is there a way out? Some of them are very violent, and they know others are. One, one angel, one, not one angel, one, one demon told me, he said, look, I wasn't even against God like that. He said, I just got tricked by Satan. Next thing you know, how many you know? You, you, you in the house with all of the drug dealers. You weren't doing cocaine, but how many you know? You going right up to the place right with them. It's so funny, I share these little things on social media, the preachers are saying, he talking to demons. So I put up a post. Some of y'all remember the statement that I made about, you know, witches are kind of getting a little arrogant because they didn't, you know, affected a few men of God. And I say, well, you were able to do that because they they living in sin, they were living in holy, and they they may not uh, know anything about the kingdom. And then I said, but when it comes to us, you're going to have a huge problem on your hand. And so I did something I don't normally do. I said, you know what, let me look at the comments that I made about this. And uh, they were all good. Hey, man, this is a real man of God. Fire, emoji, all of that type of stuff. Got to the last one. It was a witch. Who is merging Christianity and witchcraft? Right on the site. And I kept it light. I didn't really rebuke her, Carter, and I just kept it light because we got to stay clean. And she simply said, ain't nobody scared of y'all. I ain't doing nothing. She said, matter of fact, she said, I think she said something like, you're dying just like me. Look at the bags underneath your eyes. I don't get enough sleep, so maybe give me some collagen or something. I don't know. They're very rude. I've heard some harsh comments, what they say against me and my wife and all that type of stuff. 
And she said, ain't nobody uh, um, thinking about y'all. Y'all ain't no threat. I just simply put, spoken by someone who does not know what we do. I just told her that. It's easier to talk yin-yang until you run into the line on the battlefield. Everybody can talk behind the screen. Walk up in this place. Anyway, you got to be like that against darkness. Oh, the first time, I'm not like that against people. It's just the devil. I'm like that. I'm just, you got to be. And Mr. Paul Udipo said, he said, if you're not like that with the devil, he will run you over. <clears throat> so we know the hell was per and I and and I, you ever ask it uh, ask it you ever ask a question in your mind and got an answer back and I was just rolling in my mind I was just like you know and before I could get the answer the question out the Holy Spirit said he said that place was prepared for him because you have no idea how wicked he is all you know when you just look at what the devil has done to planet earth that's enough but that, that guy existed before planet Earth. We don't know, you know what I'm saying, what was going on before then. I mean, and, and you got to remember something, y'all. You got to be very, very careful. Stop being arrogant about, you know, that devil is not after me and that we can eventually hold him out. Yeah, the only thing that demons in the dark side respect is power. They don't respect crying, whining, complaining, murmuring. Oh, the devil is... They only respect arrogant power. Anybody who is still trying to bring God down off of his throne is surely going to visit your house every once in a while. And I have to be totally honest with you. When I talk all this arrogant stuff against Satan, he's not shaking. The dude is not afraid to attack God. He's not shaking. He just knows, yeah, well, he's telling the truth. I can't do nothing with him, but I ain't scared. Anybody that's not scared of God ain't scared of you. <laughs> All right, let's, let's go, let's go. Job 38, 17, do you know where the gates of death are located? Have you seen the gates of utter gloom? That is one of the definitions of hell, a place of utter gloom. There is an entrance. It is actually in the center of the earth. Isaiah 50, 11, watch out. You who live in your own light. That's the word. You the world is always talking about light. We carry light. Jesus like, yeah, that's your own light. You're supposed to carry the light of Jesus Christ. He said, watch out, you who live in your own light. That's Jesus. And warm yourselves by your own fires. That's the Holy Ghost. You have rejected Jesus and the Holy Ghost and have created your own light in your own fire. This is the reward you will receive from me. You will soon fall down in great torment. Isaiah 24, 21. And that day, the Lord will punish the gods in the heavens. Everyone say outer space. When you see heavens, it means outer space. Bible, mom, you know, in Ephesians, it says there are four classes of demonic rulers that exist right in outer space. And that is the headquarters of Satan in regards to their dealings on planet Earth. And that day, the God will punish the gods in the heavens and the proud rulers of the nations on earth. They will be rounded up and put in prison. They will be shut up in prison and will finally be punished. Psalm 88. This is a, this is a, a statement from someone who experienced this. I am as good as dead. Psalm 88. I am as good as dead, like a strong man with no strength left. In that place, you have no strength, zero. I'm a bodybuilder, wonderful. You have no strength in that place. Having too much muscle could make you arrogant. 
I had to tell somebody one time because they was like, man, do you see how I'm anybody thinking about God? I said, can you stop a bullet if I put that in your chest? I said, if I set you on fire, do your muscles somehow cause it to be extinguished? If I stab, I'm real violent with people. If I stab you in the neck, do you not go down? So you can't stop a man, but you're going to stop God. <laughs> hey, people, you, how many know you can be deceived into arrogance? This one rapper said he was going to go up to God and he was going to smack him. I know God said, Angel, don't, don't kill him. Don't kill him. He's just stupid. He's not, he not even dumb. He's just stupid. He's going to smack God. If Arnold Schwarzenegger smacks you, you're going to roll, fall on the ground and start crying, but you're going to smack God. These the arrogance. Anyway. <clears throat> they have left me among the dead in verse 5. And I lie like a corpse in a grave. I am forgotten, cut off from your care. You have thrown me into the lowest pit, into the darkest depths. Your anger weighs me down. With wave after wave, you have engulfed me. Matthew 13, 40. Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them, not escort them, throw them into the fire furnace. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, you know, again, no one can accurately describe that place. I want you to, any of you, any of you ever done this? You were walking, I'll give you an example. You were walking, and then boom, you hit your elbow up against something. And what do you do? Oh, imagine that state forever. I'm not, I'm not going to no place like that. I'm not going to no place like that. Just, we're not talking about the other stains, but you are. Uh-uh. No. I'm going to do whatever. Mm-mm. You're talking about forever. Well, I just thank God is mean. Wonderful. I'll be adjusting to that meanness. God is not mean. You're just rebellious. You like Burger King. You want to have it your way. Do, do whatever. Do anything in every other area in the planet. You do what supervisors tell you to do. Then the ultimate supervisor tells you what to do in order to have a wonderful eternity, and you don't want to do that. I'm not that dumb. I'm just not. Isaiah 14, 9. In the place of the dead, there is excitement over your arrival. <laughs> the spirits of world leaders and mighty kings, long dead, stand up to see you. With one voice, they all cry out, now you are as weak as we are. Your might and power were buried with you, all your prosperity and all that other stuff. The sound of your music in your palace has ceased. Now maggots are your sheet and worms are your blanket. Now the people, the Lord has had a lot of people to go down there and they confirm this. Every person that goes down there, they confirm the same thing even though they know each other. And they said, and one guy said, man, he said, you're not ready to be in a place to see rats and spiders the size of cars. He said, and you are their breakfast, lunch, and dinner forever. You're not ready to be eaten by a bug, and when he eats you, you then reform again and he eats you again. See, I got to be graphic because this generation, yeah. 
And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit told me, he said, there are too many people, he said, that are in danger of losing salvation because of their lifestyle. They just so easily just participate in sin and just kind of stay there and then have the nerve to still try to worship me and pray and all that type of stuff. You're making me feel bad. You need to feel bad sometimes. You need to feel raggedy. You need to sometimes, every once in a while, come to church and say, you know what? I need to go home and get my life together. I'm not trying to go to a place like that. I don't even want to have a vision of that. Nothing. Zero. Mark 9:47. If your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It's better to enter the kingdom with only one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. Any of you ever, ever seen maggots? You know, you take the trash out and, and I know this is squeamish for some of y'all, but, but this is in the Bible because God wanted you to be squeamish. He wanted you to be so squeamish that if he had to scare you into heaven, that's exactly what would happen because God said, I did not create that place for you. It is for the ultimate criminal, but if you create, if you do crimes like him, you got to go to where the criminals go. You got, man, you got people, they're just up, and I'm not necessarily talking about this one, but you know, but you got people, they just, they, they go to church, they serve in church, they do everything in church while they are fully living in sin. Fully. Um, then telling me it doesn't take all that. I'll take that chance. You know, I'd rather go into heaven on a rocket ship, you know, than some little skateboard that got three wheels and I just barely got in before the door closed. I'm not doing that. So I know, see, when I teach on this, you have to excuse me because my eyebrows always stay up because I'm not dealing with that. I'm just, I mean, I really thought about that on the couch today. I mean, yesterday. And I was like, man, what would happen if I do all of this stuff, preaching to people, establishing things for other people to be in ministry, helping people, all of that, and, and, and then I don't make it in. Mm -mm. And there, these are times you all where, where this has to be cutthroat because of the, 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 the wicked violence in the world. The perversion and the wickedness and the sin in the world is just unbelievable now. In this graphic, it says, in hell, there is a darkness that can be felt, and the fear that overwhelms you is unbelievable. Everything is dominated by fear. There is no presence of God in this place, so you have to endure the fear, the torment, and the blackness. Exodus 10:21. The Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. How many know, if you walked into a dark room and you felt the darkness, you walked right back out. <laughs> I was watching Sanford and Son, and his, 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 his son, uh, Lamont, came up with a dumb idea that it was okay to keep caskets in the house. You know, and so the caskets were sitting there in the living room and there was a knock at the door, and I think it was Bubba, and uh, they opened the door, Cassie's over there. He said, hey, Lamont, hello, Fred. Goodbye, Fred. Goodbye, Lamont. <laughs> he saw them caskets. I'm not trying to fool with that. Mm -mm. I don't know why I told you all about Samford and Son. It's just my foolishness, I guess. Hey. But imagine being in a place where it's so dark you can't see anything. 
and the darkness hates you. You know, it's a website, spiritlessons.com. Spiritlessons with an S. Spiritlessons.com. A lot of books on that website. Free of charge, by the way. Videos about people. Because um, God is constantly catching men up to heaven, constantly catching them down to hell. And for some of them, he does both. Because they're not listening to the word. Maybe they might listen to a person who had an experience. And um, I don't need an experience. I mean, you don't need an experience either. What is so hard about just fighting against evil and doing the right thing to the end? Psalm 120. Oh, deceptive tongue, what will God do to you? How will he increase your punishment? There are degrees in punishment, by the way. You will be pierced with sharp arrows and burned with glowing coals. The demonic creatures down there, this is what they do to you for eternity. They hate you. You were given the place that they once had. And then when you messed up, you were forgiven. And for that alone, they hate you because they remember their place. Okay? They remember their place, and then God kicked them out of heaven, and then not only did he give us their place, but he also gave us authority over them. And they hate you. They hate God. Casted a demon out of a woman one time, and a demon came out. It's the last thing he said, I hate you, Jesus. And then he left. They, they, you, you don't, this is not hatred like even Hitler. This, this is a different type of hatred. This is the type of hatred that if you could think up the best torment for someone, they would be in full joy. And I'm not trying to be around no creatures like that unless I'm kicking them in their teeth. You understand what I'm saying? So... Let me see here. I just need to scan the audience first, make sure I don't have any itty-bitty small kids in here. Yeah, okay. All right, y'all can handle it. Yeah, they watch horror. Never mind. So these are, these are actually a couple of pictures. Throw up that first picture. This is actually a book, I believe. No. Yeah. 13 Testimonies from a Real Place. That book might be on that site, but I don't know. I bought this book, and it is uh, 13 testimonies from people that died... And we're living in sin, but in God's mercy, he decided to use that to his advantage. Well, since you went to hell, I'm going to bring you back and then use you as a testimony to maybe I can save a whole bunch of other people. It's called 13 Testimonies in Hell. And, um, and then you have spiritlessons.com. Some of that stuff is a little, it's quite gory. I mean, it's beyond belief, to be honest with you. Um, and then you have this next picture. It was a lawyer. I'm not sorry. Um, that is someone drew a vision of what they saw, um, a place of torment where people are just in there, um, in this lake of fire. Every person that draws these things, they said you can't draw it. They said there's no way to draw it. They said they can't even draw 1% of what it actually is like. They just do the best that they can. Go to the next one. This is someone that saw this. This is a person. Um, and one of the things that are down there is that poems are created based on torment. Um, you know, so I, I, I mean, whew, never mind. So you can have that. Hey, look, I, I'm trying to be careful when I barbecue. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> when them pieces of hot coal get on your hand, man, you're like, mm-mm, no. So no, you can have that. No way in the world. Yep, willful conspire, tempting desire. 
What will transpire brings forth God's ire. At life's expire, judgment entire. The lake of fire where souls retire. Go to the next one. Now, this one, um, that is, um, it was a lawyer. He has a book on that website. He was caught down to hell. Um, he was a real estate agent. He was in impeccable shape. And he said all of a sudden he was thrown down into that place. And he woke up in a place he couldn't see. He couldn't see anything. He said he knew he was in a jail cell. And he said that there were these creatures in the cell. They were pacing back and forth like they were waiting on a command. When the command was given, they began to torment him. They said, he said they shred his body. He said Jesus allowed him to go through it, but he didn't feel the pain of it. Um, he said because um, um, he was messed up for nine months on, on that experience. He was messed up for nine months, I believe. Um, and, um, but if you feel the full weight of hell, just for three seconds, your mind will snap when you come back. They put you in a place because your mind would snap. It is the ultimate level of horror. And, um, and he said this one creature... He said, these things had knives coming out the chest. He said, one picked him up and just shoved his body. And he said, he just watched that all of his organs were just hanging out and everything. And, um, but when he came back, someone had a vision and they drew that. He said, that is the exact creature to 100%. That is the exact creature, he said, that tormented me in that jail cell. That is the exact one. You want to live with him forever? And see, I, I'm, I'm going to go right to the line, but see, you're not ready for something like that to molest you for eternity because you were involved in sexual sin. You're not ready for that. You understand what I'm saying? Now, you can either believe the word or you're not, and that's fine if you don't want to believe it. I believe that. <laughs> I believe what God said. I know I'm saved. I know I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, and I have seen too many miracles to think that the rest of the Bible that makes me uncomfortable is not true. Because I have created an image of God in my mind that I want him to be in order to appease my comfort in planet Earth. And you know, there's some people, they'll listen to this and they'll go right back. Go right back. There's a hold on them. They just can't let it go. Anyway. I'll just show you. So it's a place where you rot away eternally. So I'll just throw up these last two just for a second. I'll tell you when to take it off. You can put up the next one. So so imagine that that is what demons have done to you and you're waiting around for the next one to take his turn. You sure you want to go to a place like that? You sure you want to take a chance on the fact that God does not know what he's talking about? You sure you want to take a chance on the fact that you want to be an atheist? Are you sure? One of the men that used to be uh, over the church of Satan, they said right before he died on his deathbed, you know what his last statement was? I think I messed up. Because the veil between earth and the spiritual realm veiled out and he saw what was coming for him. Last one. These are people who came back. Now watch you, watch this. This is not what it looks like. That's just how far you can go. You sure you want to go to a place like that where snakes in your body and worms coming out of your nose while you're in the fire and you can't breathe and there is no water and there is no food and there is no rest? No. 
All right, let's move past that. That's making me depressed as it is. I mean, I'm not depressed. I'm depressed for other folk. I'm not going to a place like that. You can, I'm going to do, if I have to reject an entire generation, if I have to be by myself, if I have to be at home while everybody else is at the club and popping bottles and doing whatever they want to do, I can hold my ground of consecration and holiness until, because I'm not going to that. Psalm 88, 16. Uh, I don't know why I always feel like crying when I read this. Your fierce anger has overwhelmed me. Your terrors have paralyzed me. They swirl around me like floodwaters all day long. They have engulfed me completely. You have taken away my companions and loved ones. Darkness is my closest friend. That's a sad place to be in. Where forever darkness is your only and closest friend. The darkness that can be felt is the only thing that you are accustomed to. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Jude 1-7. In a similar way, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and nearby towns gave themselves to sexual immorality and the unnatural desire of different flesh. Now they all serve as examples of those who experience the punishment of eternal fire. You know what he's saying? That everybody that was in Sodom and Gomorrah that became part of the alternative lifestyle, they are in that place right now. And the Lord is saying, if they went there, you might want to consider Jesus. And let me tell you something. There's a difference between struggling with something versus embracing something. You understand what I'm saying? We all struggle with something. We're not talking about struggle. Everybody struggles with something. There's a difference between you struggling and you fighting against something. I need help. How can I overcome this feeling? Boom, boom, boom. Give you a quick testimony. Um, got a friend of mine. His name is Nathaniel. And um, we were doing some business stuff. He came over to my house and we were just sitting there talking. And so he just casually ended up saying this. He said, yeah. He said, when I was a homosexual, you know, he kept on talking. He moved. I said, hold on. We're not going to let that tape keep on going because you're in my house. Let's rewind this. And let's revisit this. So he gave me his testimony. You know, he said, he said something happened to me, and he said I had been, uh, really, he said, um, gay since five. And uh, you probably could still find pictures. He was one of the main DJs in Atlanta, you know, and uh, wearing pink wigs and all that type of stuff. And um, main one. And uh, what did he tell me? He's been, he had been with over 200 men. First of all, if you hetero, that's crazy. Okay, you know, I shouldn't have said that, but you know, that didn't come out right, so delete that footage, as he said in Black Panther. Remember, he said, I've been with over 200 men. He said, but then I gave my life to Christ. He said, when I gave my life to Christ, the feeling didn't leave. He said, one day, he said, I think he said it was at the park. Um, CBN, they interviewed him. He said, I was at the park, and this is what I said, Lord, I said, uh, I'm a son of God, so from now on, I reject how I feel, and I only embrace the feelings that come with being a full-blooded man. Next day, all feelings left. He's now married, got two kids, and full-time ministry. People say, I prayed, but nothing happened. You pray with your mouth, but not with your heart. Again, what's the cost you're going to pay? I just told you about the testimony of the boy that was hooked on cigarettes. He, I wasn't man, he decided to do a two-week a two fast 
and, and, and pray in tongues for five hours a day. And at the end of the two weeks, something from above came behind him, hugged him, and a demon left him. And the next day, he almost threw up when he smelled cigarettes. But, you know, some people don't want to pay the cost spending time in the word and, and confessing and, and rooting. The Bible says, clean your mind, make it new again. They don't want to do that. And so, but they'll show stand in line at Best Buy to get a $200 deal. <laughs> he says some new sneakers. We're almost done, I think. Psalm 11, but the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord still rules from heaven. He watches everyone closely examining every person on earth. The Lord examines both the righteous and the wicked. He hates those who love violence. He will rain down blazing coals and burning sulfur on the wicked, punishing them with scorching winds. Why? Because the Lord loves justice and the virtuous will see his face. So, so let me get this right. So you, first of all, you, it's bad enough that I'm in a lake of fire. Now you telling me that it's a tornado down there and it's raining fire and brimstone and I got to live this way forever and the only time there is relief, which is not relief, is when some creature pulls me out of that lake to torment me? No. Isaiah 57, 20. But those who still reject me are like the restless sea, which is never still, but continually churns up mud and dirt. There is no peace for the wicked, says God. So why are y'all saying that at the sinner's funeral? Rest in peace. Mm -mm. I'll see you later, big homie. Yeah, that's questionable. <laughs> mm -mm. So who are you going to? There is no peace for the wicked. Can you imagine that? For the rest of of eternity you never have peace I'm trying to see people don't understand eternal spiritual law it cannot change Revelation 14 10 the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God how many know it's not good to hear this type of teaching every week you might man I'm gonna stay home I'm just whew. so watch this somebody leave here and say man I need a drink <laughs> that was a joke I shouldn't joke like that because people get ugh. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image and, re and whoever receives the mark of his name. Now, this lawyer, when he was caught down here, he said, it's very difficult to explain your, the real you withering away, but it never withers away. Now, how many of you remember that one time, you know, the two ladies that were sitting over here? I know why they left. You know why they left? Because they told me when they got here, Pastor, I said, what? They said, we've been up. We did an uh, all-night prayer meeting at another church last night. And they were excited to be here for prayer. All night, we were, they came and they said, we beat your record. <laughs> they said, we were up all night praying at this church. And now we're here to get it in again. And my mom was like, mm -hmm, we're going to see how long that lasts. They got right up. You know why? <laughs> that uh, sleepiness kicked in, told them, you better take your mind and go to bed. You have prayed long enough. But could you imagine 
How many, and think about that one time where you went too far. You did not get any sleep, maybe for a day or two, and you were just straight disoriented. Imagine what would happen to your state of mind if you did not sleep for a year. You, imagine what happened to your state of mind if you did not sleep for a year. You had no water for a year. You had no food for a year. And you have no air for a year. But you can't die. The lawyer said that he was called down there. He said, imagine this. He said, you're suffocating, but you... He said, you can't die. There's no air, so there's nothing to breathe. <laughs> I don't even know what I did right there. That's just my way of saying, I'm not going to a place like that. I like air. I like food. I like water. And it's obvious that I like sleep. None of them exist. He said, yeah, the smell alone. I, mean, I remember he said this. He said, and because there's no air, he said, what is there is nothing but toxins in the air. He said, take, he said, take an open sewer, spoiled milk. He said, feces and urine, spoiled milk. He said, rotted flesh. He said, put all of that in a bowl and mix it together and then add a multiplier of a thousand and you've come close to what the smell is like in hell. So, see, God's definition of torment is different than yours. And he's not the one doing it. He said, you said you did not want me, so I'm going to watch this. I'm going to be a gentleman and respect your wishes and put you in a place where I know the things I created are. You don't want me? Fine. Jesus said, I came to give you life. How many of you know? Water produces life. Food produces life. Sleep allows you to live long. Air is life. So guess what? You said you didn't want us, so, so since you don't want me, you also, by spiritual law, didn't know when you reject me, you also reject everything that I created. So when you go to hell, I was actually respecting your wishes and putting you in a place where I'm not. It's actually a form of respect. I was respecting you. You said you wanted that, so here you go. I don't want that, Jesus. I mean, no, we're going up. Jesus told the religious leaders, I am from above. You are from beneath. I would have been like, show me how I can be above too then, Jesus, because I'm not trying to go down with these fools. How many know this is difficult to hear? Be grateful that you heard it while there's still time. This graphic, there is no water in hell. There is no humidity in the air and no water of any kind. It is so dry, you are desperate for one drop of water. You saw an example of that, Luke 16, 23. The day came that the rich man also died. In hell, he looked up from his torment and saw Abraham in the distance, and Lazarus the beggar was standing beside him in the glory. So the rich man shouted, Father Abraham, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and come cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames of fire. How many you know that? Regardless of how thirsty you are, one little small raindrop of water is not getting ready to satisfy you. But in that place, it's so horrendous, so terrible, that your, and your mind is disoriented. So in your mind, one drop of water would make a difference. 
Unforgiveness is such a crime in the spirit that Jesus, we're talking about being careful. Unforgiveness is such a crime in the spirit that Jesus said the penalty is God will turn you over to demons. Matthew 18, 32. See, these are things that Christians are fooling with. And you, you I praise the Lord. Won't he do it? All that type of stuff. And the Lord is like, um, sorry, um, spiritual law says you can't come up here with unforgiveness in your heart. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. You don't know what they did to me. It's not about, never mind. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Let's read that again, because this is not talking about a sinner. This is talking about somebody who was already in the faith. He said, you can be in the faith for all of those that teach one saved, always saved. Yeah, you can give your life to Christ and then wander away. Didn't he say that if, if, you, uh, if someone wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death? It's crazy. Luke 15, 10, in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Now you can understand why there is such great joy amongst the angels over one individual who repents. Because they're like, another one has been saved from that terrible place. You would think as big as God is and as busy as he is and all of those things. You're like, yes, bring people into the kingdom. And no, they said, if one person repents, it's constant rejoicing. So that's the one thing in heaven and amongst the angels. It's 24 hours rejoicing about the people that are coming to the kingdom. Hey, did you hear about such and such? Boom, the girl that you saved from the car today. Boom, this person over here, the heathen husband that wasn't saved for 30 years. Boom, just constant rejoicing. We're like, oh, get him in as many as we can. As many as we can. Constant rejoicing. Oh, man. Galatians 5.19. I'll just read these. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. These are the things that can mess you up. Sexual immorality. Let me put it this way. If you're not a man that was born that way and a woman that was born that way and you officially got married, then you fit that category. Ain't got time to go through the Rolodex of the whole alphabet and all of the stuff that's coming out and just changing and morphing and they got a new term now. Never mind. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a whole alphabet in a second. Anyway, see, see, I always tell people, and I know, I know this sounds crazy, but if you're going to be a sinner, just be a regular one. You know what I'm saying? Don't just be a crazy sinner. I know what I'm saying is very, very stupid. I'm just saying that just be a regular sinner. Why, why you got to morph it and now you a square root, you know, divided by three and, and, and all of this goofiness. This stuff doesn't even make any sense. Somebody went to court. They tell me, it said something about going to court and, and, and uh, never mind. It was something crazy like, well, I can't be accused for the crime because my gun identifies as a feather. So it's just, it's just it never stops. I'm telling you, it never stops. Sin begets sin. 
craziness begets craziness. Insaneness begets insaneness. And it's just going to sit all day long. Thank you. Let's get back to explaining these things. Impurity, lustful pleasures, that would be pornography, one of them. Idolatry, sorcery, witchcraft, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other things like this. So the sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life as a lifestyle will not inherit the kingdom of God. What you should be focusing on is the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. That's the key. There is no law against the second group, but there are laws against the first group. And when you break the law, you got to pay the time. You know, when it comes to committing crimes, different crimes have different sentences. Unfortunately, what you don't know about spiritual law is when you commit spiritual crimes, the sentence is the same for everybody. Death. First Corinthians 6.15. Don't you realize, I put this in here for a reason. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Anything outside of marriage is also, from the kingdom of God, is always considered a form of prostitution. He becomes one body with her, for the scripture says the two are united into one. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you, that's crazy, with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Now, one of the reasons why this is probably the most dominant sin everywhere, and it's because Satan knows that this, because of what that one particular sin does, he's quick to get everybody into that one particular one because he knows that one particular type of sin in that particular category does more damage to your body than any other type of sin, including unforgiveness. He pulls people into that because that's his way of getting you to destroy yourself. That's why the Bible says, you ever notice that there's no other sin in the Bible that it told you to run from? It says run from that one because that's the one that is more detrimental to you than any other. And that's just if it's fornication. Once you move over into all of this other stuff that you see out here, it literally short circuits your life. This is the reason why you generally don't see an old person in the alternative lifestyle. That's since they like science so much, the science says you cut your life in half as a man when you get over into that. Literally, cut it in half. Because you're short-circuiting the body, you're short-circuiting your soul, you're short-circuiting your emotions, and you're short-circuiting your spirit. You keep short-circuiting something, something is going to give. And some people, that like Sanaa Lathan in the movie Praise Together, she said, well, I'm going to just enjoy the trip until I crash. Had a lady that just came flew here from California. I won't mention her name. She just flew here from California. She was in that particular lifestyle. 
got saved, left it. She says, now that I've left it, I need you to get all of these demons out of me because I know they're there. Flew all the way from California just to receive the gift of tongues and receive deliverance in that particular area. Cast the spirit out of a priest. I'm the demon that make all of the priests gay. <laughs> Blow your mind what we see. <laughs> what? Remember, what? Wait, wait, did I do this when my friend did one? Cast one demon. Um, I'm the individual that every time you see somebody throw trash on the ground, that's one of us. You ever seen somebody like a McDonald's? I can't stand that, by the way. Trying to pull in a parking spot and somebody to set their whole sandwich on the ground. Yeah, just set the whole bag, set up. Yeah, can't stand that. He said, that's us. Listen to what they said. Your heavenly father knows that you were created for opulence and perfection of peace. That's why heaven does not have a speck of dust. And we know that the more disoriented and dirty your atmosphere is, it affects your psyche. These dudes are intelligent beyond measure. Everybody say, not only is it cold, now I'm out hearing about hell. Now I got to spend the rest of the day cleaning up my house. Yes, you should go home and vacuum, okay? Vacuum. Your makeup is a little off because the mirror is too dirty. Can't even see. I should not pull up. I should not. Oh, I know it's hurting today. It's good. You're going to hurt. I should not pull up next to the light. Is that such such person? I can't see because the windows are so greasy. Is that? Is that? Go to the car wash. Don't just run through the wash. Stop. Get a towel. Wipe the windows off with wind. Let me tell you something. Is it just me or... Let me just see, is it me? My wife said the same thing. Is it just me? Or when you get your car washed and it's washed on the outside and the inside and the windows clean, does it seem like the car drives different? Now, why is everybody saying that? If there's not some psychological effect, it's the same car with the same engine and the same color and the same gas mileage. But once it's clean, you swear up and down. This is a different car. It feels different. It drives different. See the psychological effect of clean versus dirty? That's natural. What about sin? I used to think it was something wrong with me. No, you're just being too deep. No, this car feels like it is driving different. Y'all looking like, I'm so glad you shared that. I thought I was crazy too. I mean, I used to, I really, I used to really question it. I mean, does dirt weigh that much or something? I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm just like, why do I feel like this thing is just riding so smooth? It's crazy, isn't it? This next graphic. These are the three things Satan will always try to pull you into. These are the easiest to get you into that pit. Offense, which turns into unforgiveness, which turns into bitterness. You know what the Bible says about offense? It says, it is easier to win a war against a king with iron bars around the city than it is to win somebody back that's offended. Satan knows that, so his main gauge with you is to get you offended. Because he knows once you are offended, it's going to be hard to get that person back. That's just a simple fact. We've seen that for 12 years. Once they get offended, uh, it's pretty much a lost cause. Then you have rejection. That's a whole thing. And then all forms of fornication. You can read in the parentheses there. 
Those are the three things Satan usually tries to go after you the most, throw in unforgiveness. I already did that, sorry. Because he knows if you can get them there, it's going to be difficult for them to get out. I have a white sweatshirt. I have two white sweatshirts with hoodies. I don't know what it is with me where I like to do dirty stuff with white on. My sister will tell you when I lived at home with my parents and cut the grass, I would always cut the grass with white shorts on. I don't know. Maybe I just think about holiness or something. I don't know. But these two white sweatshirts, I've been wearing them around the house here lately too much. And so I'm wearing them, and, and I'm wearing them around things that I should not be wearing around, like eating something with sauce. And I try to be careful, and I look now. <sighs> well, you know what's very interesting is that, you know, messed up, got the stain, put it in the washing machine. It's hard to get stains out of white. Y'all see where I'm going? So I noticed that when I washed it, I wouldn't have to wash it if I didn't get it dirty. I noticed when I washed it, yeah, a lot of the spot was gone, but it was still, still there. And, and so, see, God may wash your spirit clean, but that's what you're doing to your emotions. When God forgives you, he forgives the real you, the spirit, but your mind, your will, your emotions, your body now has stains. When you keep on doing it, it stains it more, and it stains it more, and then it affects you more. That's why he said, I have to forgive. Oh, man. You understand why Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Last page. Luke, tw Luke 21, 36. So based on that, keep alert at all times and pray that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. How many know that when you, you see a commercial for a horror movie, you expect to see some craziness? Yeah, but it's another level of crazy when God tells you, I have a horror show too. And make sure that you stay alert and on top of your life so that you don't experience that horror show. My horror show is different. Okay? And it's crazy because people get offended at God, but, but for you all that had a good father, he wasn't perfect, but he was good. How many know he has a side of him that might scare you? I mean, my young kids, younger, they saw that side of me. They had never seen that before. I think my oldest son, he was a little bit nervous when he saw this go down when I had to shoot this pit bull to death. I really didn't have to shoot him to death. I just lost it. I flipped, you know, and I was reading my Bible when I flipped because when my wife said, get the gun, she said something else. I thought that she said that the dog had one of my kids in his mouth, and I flipped. I grabbed my firearm and jumped down an entire flight of stairs and, and the guy was at the curb. I shouldn't be sharing this online. They're going to talk about me like a dog, but it's okay. And, and I'm running full speed, and I started shooting as I'm running, and I slowed down. I didn't even train for that. I didn't even go to the gun range like that. I don't never want to have that level of adrenaline and, and focus in me ever again because uh, I snapped into something. I just really snapped into something. And... and uh, and so, you know, I emptied the entire gun in the pit bull while the owner is standing right next to him. It is the mercy of God that one of those bullets didn't go on that guy. It was a rage that hit me because I kept telling these guys about this pit bull. And um, his only excuse was, where's my sister's dog? I told him, I said, I don't care if it's Santa Claus dog. I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to just put it here. You got a pit bull and I got six kids. And be careful what you say. Be very careful what you say. This one mysterious day, even before I had a conversation with him about this, I decided to walk to the bank because the bank was very close. 
And so I said, well, I'm walking to the bank, and I don't know what's out here, newer neighborhood, dogs, who knows. So, you know, I just put my firearm on my hip to walk to the bank. Be very careful what you say sometimes. As I was walking back home, he was outside washing his car, and the put bull was right there next to the car. And, um, and I don't know why I said this. I just looked up. I didn't even say hello. How you doing, neighbor? I just said, yep, I carry this for him right there. And the guy just smiled, and I laughed. And the next scene is the man's dog is dead. Be very careful what you say casually. You might have created the framework for it to happen. You understand what I'm saying? Be very careful with that. You know, and that would, and, you know, that turned south. The point that I was making is that my kids had never seen that side of me before. They saw a side of me that, oh, this is what happened when daddy is mad and really mad to kill somebody mad. And even my next door neighbor, she said, I've never seen anything like that before. She had asked me a strange question, you know, because she knew I was a preacher. You know, would you do anything to take care of your family? And I said, absolutely. And she didn't believe me. She would later on tell me, she said, when I saw you shoot that dog, she said, I realized I was wrong about you. See, and so God has a side like that. How many of you know all of you got a bad side? You can pretend up all you want to that you're just as sweet as Tweety Bird. No, 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 no. How many of y'all have seen the sweetest individual turn into Godzilla? Grandmama went from making sweet potato pie to putting poison in it. Y'all seen somebody with a bad side? Y'all sitting up here trying to pretend like you've just been, oh, no, Jesus is my Savior. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, Jesus had a bad side. When you ran into Jesus' bad side, he was just walking, looked in the temple, went back. This is not a drill. Somebody bring me a, bring me a, a switch and a belt and a whip. You could have walked in the temple and asked them, I am the son of God and I am from above. And I ask that you respectfully disband from, from disrespecting the temple of my heavenly father. Asked no questions, made no statements. Went on there, turned over the tables and just wham, wham, get your raggedy behind. And didn't care nothing about what you thought. I know the disciples was like, is this the same God that said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall see the kingdom of God? Yeah. I mean, no, Peter had a bad side. When Peter lost it, he took it. They came to get Jesus. You know you're not. Quiet. Cut the man's ear off. And then Jesus picked the man's ear up, put it back on. See, I, would, I wouldn't know what to do. One thing I can tell you, if I was the army that came and got Jesus, and I saw one of my lieutenant's ear get cut off, and Jesus put it back on, I would have been like, are y'all sure we need to take this man today? This might be a stupid idea. Some of the stuff in the Bible is crazy, y'all. Everybody loses it. God, you know what Paul said? He said, it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of a living God. So, Revelation 3.10, you have kept the word of my patience. I will also keep you from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell on the earth. So there's something called the hour of temptation. That's why in Matthew 26, Jesus returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said, Peter, couldn't you watch with me even for one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. There's something mysterious about an hour of prayer a day that covers temptation. I didn't say that it's, not in, that it's still not coming for you, 
But he said specifically, pray so that you don't enter into temptation. There's something about prayer, particularly praying in tongues, that begins to create a barrier around you. Sometimes it'll move that person off of your path that you were supposed to meet today. I told you about that lady at Home Depot following me around. I'm in the shop for Home Depot. And I'm thinking this lady is helping me. Well, she was. But I thought she was an employee. She said, Can devil. Matter of fact, I got a second story about the devil, too. We almost done. Give me five more minutes. We are at Home Depot. Minding my own business. Lady walks up. Can I help you? Sure. See, your wife would have known the woman was coming before she even came around the corner. I said, sure. <laughs> Sound like a brother, doesn't it? Sure, you can help me. She says, what are you looking for? I said, I'm looking for this, this, this. And I said, she's helping me. And she says, no, well, maybe it's on aisle such, such, such. This lady is walking with me across the whole store. We down the aisle talking together, joking together, and, and then it hit me. This girl got on regular clothes. So <laughs> y'all laughing, but I'm just letting you know this stuff is real. This is how Satan gets you behind. I'm like, this girl. And I was like, wait a minute. And I got her away from me quickly. I was at a place in Detroit called Belle Isle. It is an island five miles in circumference. I would go out there to pray when I did long amount of hours. One side of the island is about two and a half miles. I went over there, parked my car at the curb, walked across the grass, and went all the way to the water. I am the only car on that side of the island. I, may, I had to make a, I had to make a uh, cell phone call. Calling, and I noticed a little small car pulls up right behind my car. That's when I had a Porsche. She, it pulls right up behind it. And I'm talking to my friend. I'm like, that's weird. Why would this person pull right up behind my car with all of these miles of empty space? Now I'm praying. Took a break to answer the call, but I'm praying. As I'm talking to my friend for a second, some about some business, a girl gets out with a blanket. And I'm like, why would a girl with a, see, men are dumb. We just, we really kind of slow. When the car pulled up, your wife would have said, this is a trick of the enemy. Get in your car, Batman, and, and drive off with Robin, okay? And, 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 and the girl, and, now, and it's a distance across the grass. She's walking towards me with a blanket, and I'm talking to my friend. I'm just like, what is going on? And then the girl does this. And, and, and guess what your illustrious pastor does? That girl came right next to me and laid her blanket right there next to me. And that's when it hit me. I said, hey, man, um, I got to go lest I end up on the news and in jail and dead. I didn't even say nothing to her. I just walked, packed my stuff up, got right in the car and left. Flee fornication. Don't analyze an interview. Hey, why would you park on this side of the island with a blanket and wave at me while I'm next to the water praying? You don't need to ask questions like that. chain today here. Matthew, I, Isaiah 55, 6. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that, may have, that he may have mercy on them. Turn to our God for he will forgive generously.
Revelation 22:14. Two more. Blessed are those who wash their robes. He didn't say blessed are those who have them. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be allowed to enter through the gates of the city and eat the fruit from the tree of life. Outside the city are dogs, sorcerers, sexually immoral, murderers, idol worshipers, and all who love to live a lie. You were convinced that doing it your way was the right way, and I was the liar. Now we're going to find out who tells the truth and who doesn't. Hebrews 12, 14, I'll put this in here. I didn't have it in my notes. The Holy Spirit gave it to me. This is very much dangerous. Hebrews 12, 14, work at living in peace with everyone. Work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Many people have bitterness in their heart. And God has said, you, gotta, you better get that root out of you. I remember I, that happened to me one time. And it was in seed form. Literally, the Holy Spirit gave me a vision, showed me something about half the size of my finger. It was a little root in my heart. He said, you let that thing grow, it's going to corrupt you. And I was pulling all type of stuff. I probably pulled up some flowers too. I don't play that. I'm appreciating you showing it to me because I can't see myself. Okay? So I'm encouraging you to do something. For this last week, I'm going to encourage you to create a list of people that are not saved in your life. Spouse, children, parents, cousins, second and third cousins, in-laws, outlaws, uncles, aunts. Got that from Albert, in-laws and outlaws. Neighbors, coworkers, somebody that you casually talk to at the gym. And I'm just encouraging you to put them all down on a piece of paper and just as a lifestyle, just begin to pray for their salvation. That's not any place that you want someone to go to. It is a mystery to me about a great many things when it comes to this, while some people get information and some people don't. It's almost as though there are a certain amount of people that are ordained for salvation, and the Lord says, now you all that are ordained for salvation, see if you can work the others in. I don't know. I don't have the answers to that. People argue all about predestination, and people argue with predestination that, well, because everything is predetermined, that means I can do whatever I want to do. No, that's stupid. Scripture doesn't say that. Hey, but I'm encouraging you to write those names down and begin to pray. You are here for one reason, to be an ambassador. The Bible says that everyone is a minister of reconciliation. Everyone. You know, a couple of neighbors that I've been slow to talk to, I need to get on top of that. Talk about myself. You know, friends, whoever. And, 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 and how many know sometimes they don't want to hear it? They don't want to hear it, put them on a prayer list. They'll hear it from someone else. Don't expect your relatives to listen to you all of the time. They know you when and where. The Bible says Jesus' own family members did not believe in him. Quit getting offended at that. Pray for them that the Lord. And this is how you pray. Simple prayers. Lord, send someone across the path of such and such person to minister to them in such a way they can receive it. I pray that the Holy Spirit will convict their heart. You will give them dreams. You will give them visions. And let them have experiences that turn them to salvation. And then switch over to praying for them in other tongues. That's all you got to do every day. And when you do it, they'll get worse. 
Getting worse has nothing to do with anything. Remember what Jesus told the guy? The guy said, would you come and heal my, uh, my uh, daughter? He said, yeah. Then he got held up by a woman giving him a long testimony. And while the woman was giving the testimony, the man's daughter died. And Jesus, when he found out, he turned to him and said, don't doubt, just believe. You said that if I lay hands on her, she would live. The fact that it got worse means nothing to me. She was living and now she's dead. You simply said if I laid hands on her, she would live again, no matter if she's living or dead. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So quit being moved by what you see. If they improve a little bit, keep on praying. Don't stop praying until they come into the kingdom and they invite you to church and try to preach to you. That's when you can stop about salvation. Then you switch over to their maturity. You understand what I'm saying? So many, many, many parents, their children have been saved by people that were strangers. And watch this. When they get saved, if they don't want to come to line her church, don't make them as long as they go into one. Don't try to make them come to, you know, and, and play the dumb role because they're going to try to out-preach you and, and all of that type of stuff. Okay, two testimonies and then I'm going to have you pray and then we'll be out. Young lady, she flew, the Lord told her to fly to a particular state to minister to her dad who was getting ready to pass. And so she did, got him on, he was on his deathbed, she ministered to him. Thank God he opened up his heart and he gave his life to Christ. A couple of days later, she had a dream. And in the dream, she was, head, she was at the mall. She was headed down the escalator to go talk to her other family members that weren't saved. And as she was headed down the escalator in the dream, coming up the escalator on the other side was her dad waving as he was going up. And that was the Lord telling him, thank you for obeying. Your dad made it in. Some of you heard the testimony of my own wife, who um, her sister, who just died this year. No, she died last year. And she was fully into occultic witchcraft. I mean, just all type of, she wasn't thinking about none of that. Almost seemed like a lost cause. And then um, she got cancer. I think, yeah, she got cancer or something. And then my wife went and visited her to take care of her. And she just take care of her, loved her, never brought up the gospel. Loved her on the last day before my wife left, before they head to the airport. Holy Spirit said, hit her now. She hit her right then. And then um, her sister opened up her heart, received Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior, and when I say flipped it, flipped it. She on, she on, she now telling everybody, witchcraft is of the devil, and she put all this stuff out of her house. She started living her life overnight like she had been saved for 30 years. You know, and then just a few months later, she passed on. This is not a game, folk. It's not a game. Some people treat it like one, but it's not a game. This is a flat-out war. It's God and Satan in a contest. Let's see who can get the most people when the time clock runs to zero. And unfortunately, Jesus has lost that game. What did he say? When it comes to this, he said, I'll lose that one. I'll lose the battle, but I'll ultimately win the war because I'm going to bring it to a close. He said, Satan will have the numbers when it comes to souls. I'll get few. But those few will rule the reign with me over what we don't know. Your whole life exists for one reason. To be a tool and a utensil for Jesus Christ. And until you realize that, you will live a lie or certain parts of your life will be a lie. It's crazy. So I'm just encouraging you to take this very seriously. I should have known better than to think that I was going to get this in for 45 minutes, but it's good for you to sit here like this and listen to the word. You know, we can sit in a game for two or three hours. We can sit in a movie. And the movie is terrible. You still sit there to see if anything is going to change. 
You know, and I think this is Lucifer messing with my mind. You know, and every once in a while you got somebody, oh, church is too long, wonderful. Go down to the place where they meet for 15 minutes and give you cupcake all day long. It's wonderful. You know, if this is not more valuable than anything, I don't know what it is. But this is where we are, and we have to be this way. We have to preach this way because we have a generation of leaders and people who are just watering the system down. And if the leader waters it down, the people will take it as, oh, God is okay with it being watered down. And it's not. It's not. God will never change. And, and I accept that. I'm lining up to what he said, not trying to create a pretend world to get him to line him up to what I want him to be. So let's go ahead and stand for a moment. Thank you, O Lord. First John 1 John 1.8 says, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. If we confess our sin to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Romans 4, I love the scripture. It says, oh, what joy for those who disobedience is forgiven. I'm going to read that slowly. Oh, this is God saying, you have no idea what's waiting on you because I forgave you of your sins. Oh, what joy for those who disobedience is forgiven. Flip it. Oh, what sorrow for those whose disobedience is not forgiven. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. It's a wonderful thing about you can still make a decision while there's still time. You can. Some of us are already saved, but we need to take a moment. I'm not going to lead everybody in the public prayer today. For those that are listening online, they're just going to follow the instruction. We're going to take a couple of minutes for people to just repent of the things that you have established in your life and established in your house as the cultural norm that you know God is against. And then for some of you that you may need to rededicate your life to Christ, or you may need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. This scripture is for you. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. He said if you openly declare it. You will be saved. It is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. It is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Didn't say necessarily you have to say it in front of people. But he said you do have to say it. One little crazy girl told me one year. One time she us. uh. Um, she, and I, I kind of lost it on the girl. She said, well, why you got to say it? I said, because you're not ready and you're on your way to hell. I said, that's the reason why you don't want to say it. It's really dumb. Jesus sat up here and died and went to hell for you and you can't say a prayer to accept him. It's because you're not ready. I don't play with folk. Cause my uncle used to say, I'm not begging nobody to come to heaven. You either recognize this is the truth or you don't. And if you don't, then that's your problem. Bible talks about deception. Okay. So we're just going to pause for a moment. And you can whisper it, but no one orders a sandwich in the drive-thru in their mind. You have to say it. You can whisper it. You can say it under your breath, but you got to say it. If you're not saved or you need to rededicate your life, it's very simple. God understands your heart. You just have to say a few words. Just tell the Lord, you said you would forgive me of my sins, so I'm asking you to forgive me 
of my sins. Clean me and make me right. And Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I repent of my sin. I'm sorry. Thank you, Lord God, for saving me this morning. You have to say that in your own mouth, okay? And so just take a moment. For others, you may pray in the Spirit. Thank you, O Lord God. You may just repent of certain things. Hallelujah. But I just encourage you to do it. I did. Jesus is the ultimate doctor. Thank you, O Lord. So for you all that want to give your life to Christ, if you're driving, if you're sitting, if you're laying in the bed, if you're standing here or sitting down, just ask the Lord to come into your heart. He said he would forgive you of everything. That is crazy. Forgive you of everything, including the stuff you did wrong. You didn't even know it was wrong. I'll forgive you of everything. Just repent. Ask me to forgive you. Ask me to cleanse you. Thank you, O oh Lord God, and ask me to come into your heart and make me your Lord and Savior. Thank you, O oh Lord God. Thank you, Father God, for cleaning us up. You are coming back for a consecrated church, O oh Lord. Consecrated church. Thank you, O oh Lord. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, O Lord. Praise your holy name, O Lord God. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, O Lord God, that the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed has released power into this room, released power into this dimension, released power onto our online platform to wash away sin, O Lord God. Consecrate us, make us right, make us holy. Help us to get the roots of bitterness out of our heart, the unforgiveness, the silent sins, the secret things that are not a secret at all. Empower us, O oh Lord God, to live clean in this wicked, perverse, and twisted generation. Regardless of how twisted it becomes, you expect, still expect holiness. Regardless of how wicked it becomes, you still expect holiness. Regardless of what the culture becomes, that culture has nothing to do, O oh Lord God, with holiness in heaven. You expect holiness and consecration and right living. If we have to do it alone, if they talk about us, if they make fun of us, thank you, O Lord God. It'll be worth it, more than worth it, because when we stand before you, we will have the last laugh, but it will simply not be funny. Thank you, O Lord God, for using us as vessels in order to bring more people into your kingdom. Help us to move with speed and give us divine intelligence. Now lift your hands and give God thanks and praise for that. Come on, open up your mouth and bless his holy name. Be grateful and thankful unto him that you are saved, that he has been patient with you. He had mercy on you. He did not destroy you when you should have been destroyed. Thank you, O oh Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, O oh Lord God. Praise your holy name, Jesus. Thank you, O oh Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, O Lord God. Father, we thank you for this cleansing that has taken place on this morning. Thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Before I dismiss you, thank you, O Lord God. Oh, okay, thank you, thank you. I didn't quite get it at first. Let me just say a word to all of the teenagers in here and listening online. <clears throat> oh, man, it really gets over into deeper stuff. You have to make a commitment and to make a decision. Christianity in the kingdom of God is not for old folk. It's for all folk. There are people that God used in the Bible that were the age of 80. Moses didn't start his ministry, he was 80. And then there were people that he used in the Bible as a king. Was it, which king was it that was eight years old when he became king? Josiah. Josiah. Eight years old. And so you have to be extremely careful. Unfortunately for all of the teenagers in here, and you're saying, I'm just saying a word to the teenagers, because, see, when you and I were born, things were different. None of this foolishness existed out here. So we, 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 we had to grow in it. You know what I'm saying? We had to get used to it, watch the world changing. You know what I'm saying? But, but these kids are born in darkness. So that they don't know what it used to be like. They don't know that the culture never used to be this way. You understand what I'm saying? And that's very dangerous because you're, for teenagers, y'all are born into a time where the perversion was already here. You know, I hate to say this, you know, but there was a scene in Batman Batman Returns, I think, where he fought Bane. And uh, he and Batman were fighting. And Batman was losing the fight. And um, um, Batman did something to kind of make it dark in the room. And Bane laughed. He said, oh, you just got used to the darkness. I was born in it. There's a difference between getting used to the darkness versus being born in it. Okay? And so I'm just encouraging you, you know, to be careful because... Well, I, I did. Devon was there with me when I asked this creature a question. I said, I knew the answer. I just want to hear what he had to say. See what he would say. I said, what's your agenda in the last days? Ah, children. He said, we're trying to kill them all, pervert them all. He said, hidden among them are the last group that will destroy us. We're trying to destroy all of them and corrupt all of them and pervert all of them. And hopefully we snuff out the ones that are supposed to kill us. Y'all remember here, uh, that king... He killed every child two years of age and under trying to get to one. And see, this is what's going on now is that you, the, the kids today, they see they can thrive. See, th that's what's so powerful about the social media. See, before, in order to be a preacher, you had to go to a Bible school. You had to have a pastor ordain you. But now these young folk on YouTube getting more people saved than we are. And Satan knows that this last generation, he knows that the last one. And y'all got to deal with more corruption. Y'all got to deal with more perversion. You got to deal with more temptation and more sin. 
90% of what these kids deal with today never crossed our mind when we was younger. You understand what I'm saying? So you're going to have to fight. You have to fight, fight, fight. You're going to have to, if you're a teenager, you got to get in the Word. You got to start reading the Bible. You got to start doing certain things because you are not off limits from heaven or hell because of your age. If anything, because of your age, both of them got their sights set on you. These are the young ones. You know, with this prayer that we're doing, we're going to set more teams, but I'm going to be pulling the teenagers up here to pray. That's what's so powerful about just doing that little one-five, that point, just read the prayer, switch the tongues. Just pray in tongues, boom, boom. Come back and read the point again, switch the tongues. Come back and read the point again. We got to get them involved in this. You understand what I'm saying? And I understand that the church has a platform. Right now, the church has a platform for teenagers, which is just game plan. Bring them together, let them listen to cool music. All the, I'm, not against, I'm not against Christian rap. I love Christian rap. I'm not against any of that. But see, what happens is that does not prepare you to kill Lucifer. You know what I'm saying? And they're coming after us all. But these young people, they got their sights set on them. They're like, okay, we didn't, we didn't burned out the old folk. Let's go for their kids now. Okay? And all of us are um, privy to temptation at any particular time. And so, and let me tell you something, parents, best thing you can do for your children is live it in front of them. If you're not living it in front of your kids, you have opened up the door for them to half step because you half step. And that's a strong word, but it's never late to get it right. Sometimes we have to sit down on our kids and say, look, I messed up. I'm making a vow between you and God that I'm going to do this right from now on. This is too dangerous to fool with. Okay? <laughs> Once you get past that, once you get past that 9, 10 age, yeah, both heaven and hell are like, what you going to do? You understand now. You understand what I'm saying? Hey, so, whoo, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I'm glad it's cold outside because we sure talked about some hot stuff today. So, um, just a couple of announcements. Again, put up the Holy Spirit Scripture uh, website, um, email, whatever the thing is. Holy Spirit at LionheartChurch.org. If you don't pray in tongues, you'd like to receive that gift, send an email immediately because we're doing a call tonight, I believe it's 7 p.m. on Zoom, and we can bring you on there. It's only about a half an hour, and you will receive that gift so you can take your life to the next level. And also, too, we are doing water baptism on Saturday, February the 3rd. And so if you would like to uh, be baptized on that particular day, you can also send us an email to too many emails. Info at lionheartchurch.org. Oh, there it is. They, oh, bap, see, I told you there's too many emails. It's Microsoft for you. Baptism at lionheartchurch.org. So if you want to pray in tongues, Holy Spirit at lionheartchurch.org. If you want to get spiritual growth, spiritual growth. <laughs> and if you want to be baptized, then send an email to baptism at lionheartchurch.org. Amen. If you're a first-time visitor, go ahead and release yourself now. Walk to the back. There's a conference room they'll take you to so that I can meet with you just for a few moments. And let's go ahead and just uh, let's give them a hand as they step out and head to the conference room. Thank you. Thank you for visiting at your own risk. <laughs> I'm really, really grateful, y'all. That social media thing is something else where, you know, as, they, as Oedipo says, there are some things you can do to invite people to church, some things you can do, and people start inviting themselves. 
calls I have to deal with through the week, which I enjoy taking them. I enjoy just picking up the phone and calling the people. Called a couple of people yesterday, and, and they just fall out. They cannot believe that the right reverend picked up the phone and called them. They screaming, I cannot believe. As I enjoy doing that, by the way. I'm like, well, it's a decision. I can't call everybody, but I can call some. So, all right, let's lift our hands. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, O Lord God, for getting us right. We will be grateful for these moments, O Lord God, when eternity not starts, but when we become a part of it because it already has existed forever. Thank you, O Lord God, for this. Give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, it's one statement. Today was on hell. Be here next week. It's going to be more insane because next week we're going to talk about heaven. So, Holy Spirit, impressed upon my heart. Don't give them the negative and don't give them the positive. As horrific as hell is, that's going to pull a lot out of me next week. That's going to pull a lot out of me. Heaven is one of my stronger subjects. And so just prepare for some unusual depth this weekend. Because God wants you to know what you're missing, but he, always wants to, he also wants you to know where you're going. And when you find out what that place has and what it does and what you're becoming a part of, yeah, you, you, you'll get your life together in that right soon. So let's give someone a high five or a hug. Tell them to have a blessed day. And we'll see you on next weekend. Hallelujah.